and welcome to our podcast. We are the Kinotomic, a movie podcast that bridges the cinema nostalgia of the golden age of Hollywood with the explosive modernity of contemporary cinema. I am your host, Danny, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Nick. Good afternoon. The premise of our show is very simple. For each week, we've got carefully picked two films which we think have things in common. We shall then discuss them to find what their common traits are. One is my suggestion based on my particular area of expertise, Golden Age of Hollywood as well as the pre-code era. And the other is chosen by my co-hosts, which is from their specialty. Um, so that'll be like contemporary cinema. So I'm saying that's pretty much anything from the 1970s uh, through to the current blockbuster era that we're living in. Cool. The only rule is that both picks of the week have to be first time viewing for the other person. So, what have we got on the list today, Nick? Ah, today, 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 today. We're on musicals today. Um, yay! So, yay! Um, I lots... hate musicals. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a bit more positive on musicals than you are, but uh, um, this, no, this is, this is. I think this is a really good episode we've got coming. Um, we are discussing uh, Sean Sono's Tokyo Tribe from 2014. And uh, West Side Story, uh, directed by Robert Weiss, came out in 1961. Um, both musicals about gangs. Um, rival gangs, yeah. Rival gangs fighting. Uh, one in Manhattan, the other in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo. <laughs> um, that sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we'll talk about Tokyo Try first. Uh because that's the one I'm looking forward to the most about talking about. Um, of course the, you do. Oh, I really am. Um, so f- I'm just going to give a quick plot synopsis. Um, so plot synopsis of, of Tokyo Tribe. Um, in an alternate Japan, territorial street gangs form opposition factions collectively known as Tokyo Tribes. The simmering tension between them is about to boil over into all-out war. Now... This is a rap musical, uh, rapsicle, or uh, hip hopra. Is that a good one? Um, hip hopra, I like that. Hip hopra, um, directed by the, the 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 Japanese auteur. I don't think I don't really call him an auteur, but he is something, something certainly something special. Uh, Sean Sono. Um, so this was your first Sean Sono film, and I'm really Indeed. intrigued to know what you think. Oh, should I start talking about it, or and then you can sort of jump in with your ideas? I, I, I'm honestly, I just, I'm more than okay with you just going off on one for thirty odd minutes about how I made you watch this. So, um, yeah. So at first, I didn't really know what to expect. I was, first of all, I have to say that I'm not a big fan of musicals in general. Um, with very few exceptions, uh, like Moulin Rouge and maybe Singing in the Rain. Uh, so this was quite, and I don't like rap music or hip hop or whatever this is. So for me, this was quite a big task to endure. And this film is about two hours long, just under two hours long. And I just thought, dear God, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, um, it comes off, it, it starts off quite strongly with something ridiculous like a, a policewoman dressed 
very like a prostitute and she gets attacked by people on the street and I thought whoa what's this um yeah um very dystopian uh I just uh, so it started um the first episode the first sort of scene was quite a long tracking shot which I liked it kind of made me think of uh like the big Orson Welles tracking shots um, they had quite a few tracking shots throughout that were quite interesting. So the camera work is good. Um, so yeah, so I'll start with the, with the good, with the good stuff. So the, the camera work works very well. Um, the choreography was incredible. Um, being a musical, dance musical, a bit like West Side Story. So I could, you could see the parallel as, as it started. Um, I liked the old lady DJ. I would have, I wanted to see her at the end, but it, it didn't happen. I don't know why it just got lost around. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the the choreography, the cinematography, tracking shots, very dystopian. However, here goes. I I thought like the narrator had no passion in lyric delivery. It was like the rapping was quite monotonous. Assaulting a police officer dressed like a prostitute, introducing us to this world of corruption, dystopian and uh, society, it just, for me, I thought it set up the stage as a bit of a caricature of, of a Japanese post-apocalyptic society, not, yeah. Um, quite post-modernistic, I thought, like post-post-post-ad infinitum modernistic. References to um, Scarface, Clockwork Orange, Kill Bill, maybe some Baz Luhrmann influences there. Definitely. At one, at, at one point, it made me think it was like watching a cross between Scarface on acid, a cross with a schizophrenic Kill Bill. It was just like a bit too much. So I think what I didn't like about it, it was too much kitsch, too much like too many references of other films just crammed up in there bursting at the seams I was uh, to the point that I was very soon tired of the whole narrative and I was left indifferent um with regards to the destinies of what uh, the, the main characters and whether they were going to die or not I was yeah I was secretly like I wanted everyone to die uh, which yeah, spoiler alert, they may or may not die. It is interesting that you say that, that you found it too much. Um, That's one of the things that I kind of catch on with Sean Sono, um, with, with his films, the ones that I've seen, is that they are, there is a lot in there. Um, it, This isn't just something that's unique, just the Tokyo tribe. Um. Mm -hmm. Like the look of Tokyo Tribe, the look of Tokyo in Tokyo Tribe was built on a soundstage. Um, he brought in uh, local art colleges to dress up this look of Tokyo, um, and then, and as such, you get this effect where it's like it's incredibly dense and visually visually intense. Yeah, um, it is. It was it was quite tiresome to actually try to understand what was going on because there was, the, the the editing was very very choppy and it was very fast paced. And it just felt like I need to I need to slow down a bit. I need to actually be able to understand these characters and what m motivates them. 
but the film doesn't because do that. It doesn't slow it down. It doesn't. No. It doesn't, and it doesn't actually bring you any mo motivation as to why the characters are doing what they're doing. So at the end, so the whole metaphor was like make love not war, and like war is bad and peace is good and love will conquer everything, but it doesn't actually. It just it's just an idea, but it does it, the way it's been executed. It doesn't actually make sense because it's it's been said by by characters who sort of have no depth. To, to, do you know what I mean? So for me, this comes. It, the idea is coming from someone that I don't think are believable as characters. They're just caricatures of characters, and whatever they're saying, it just doesn't. It it, it won't make an Im impact with me because it's just like well yeah it's 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 like a satire of a satire of a satire i don't i don't see that as a satire um i, I yeah i don't really see see the film as a satire i don't think it's satir satirizing anything um i feel that it's it is <laughs> It's really hard for me to say. I just think it is what it is. I think Sean Sonu is very much aware of what he's putting on screen, and he's not doing it in a way that's meant to be satirical. If any, um, I think he's doing it in a more of a critiquing sort of way. Um, you know, the hyper masculinity. I mean, I mean, the, the end, for example, the reasons why this whole gang war actually started. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. it's poking fun at the whole idea of this is why men fight um purely because it's a pissing contest um who has jot who has literally got the biggest dick <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i understand it i just didn't think it it was it, it i think for me it came that joke was funny and i would have probably laughed if it hadn't if i hadn't been dizzied by all these other references and all this other stuff that i didn't really care about so if the whole idea of if the whole sort of ending metaphor had come a bit sooner i would have been like yeah okay i get it but it, it was also paired up with all these other ridiculous scenes like the big fan and it was just a bit too it was gory it was it was silly i thought but yeah, I I I agree with the metaphor. It was it, it's a pissing contest. It's you know, it, yeah. <laughs> it just got too. It, it, there was just too much in between to get to that point. For yeah, you. I just by that point I was I was just happy that it was over. I was quite surprised to find it was manga inspired. Um, I just thought because for me, I mean, in my head, manga was a bit like. Dragon Ball Z, but there's a there's a hero of the story and he's quite noble, and though I didn't find any anything noble about what I was seeing. From what I've read, I've 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 read a, a few um like a few chapters from the manga. There's quite a few in this series, Tokyo Tribe. This is actually tame compared to what is in the manga. Um, wow. Yeah. So. Maybe us Westerners have have got a different idea of what manga means. Maybe, maybe. You're 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 okay. Like that, that that's everything. Um. Yeah, I think so. I just yeah, I think it tried to, too hard to be shocking, and by the end, I didn't care about the message it was trying to sort of render. Um, 
there were funny bits at the end and yeah the whole idea of like well i hated that guy because his dick is bigger than mine it just i was like yeah okay whatever <laughs> i don't care but i kind of understand what the appeal was because there were some i just i i, I felt like the the main the the main antagonist was it Bupa? Lord Bupa? Bupa, uh, yeah, Pip Bupa is the cannibalistic. Like, what kind of name was that? It was just a bit too caricaturic. It was yeah. like, what is with with the dildo and and the whole? It was too disgusting, I thought. And the girls, bikini-clad girls, all over the place, and I don't know. Um, definitely not not my kind of of Japanese culture. I know I'm not I'm nitpicking and I know I'm I'm selective of what Japanese culture represents because I know there's a lot that I don't know about Japanese culture. But watching this film I realize that there is very much that I don't know. Um it's just like and, and the wrapping I just it was, you know, it was like the cherry on top um because it, I didn't like the wrapping at all. But yeah, that's my thought on it. Fire away. So um i just got like a few bits and pieces uh when i say a few bits and pieces i mean uh, quite a little bit so um the film itself like it's interesting you say that you struggled with like the the characters um and the delivery of like some of the lines that like, the wrapping on what have you um so he cast uh actors um actual rappers and stunt performers so people that don't actually have acting experience you know on camera so the fight sequences that you see are is one one of the characters in particular um who kind of teams up with uh, erica um who is meant to be in the film i think it's like a 15 16 year old boy in actual no she's meant to be a 14 year old boy but in actual fact she's like a 17 18 year old girl um actual stunt performer um, so all these people kind of get the equal time on screen um, because he wants them, to, you know, he wants the rappers to be good at the rapping and he wants the, the actors to be good at the acting and the stunt performers to be good at what they do. So they all get their, their moment to shine. So it's not like they're being replaced in any sort of way. Um, the film itself, I mean, it, it's like this, this mashup between like Mad Max, Road Warrior, you know, The Warriors, uh, West Side Story. Uh, and Jet Set Radio, the the old DreamWorks video game from the nineties, um, with like this heavy dose of like nineteen eighties splatter punk and kung fu. Um, so the thing about like Sean Sony's work is like he's like he said like there's there's a lot in there, um, and if if you struggle to kind of get over that point of just letting it kind of wash over you, or you can't if you, if you can't stop focusing on the references then like some people just i think you're going to struggle getting onto its wavelength and i think you just like you like it's going to be a, a bit of a struggle um like so with with sean sono he he kind of he moves his camera with a lot of authority and purpose in my opinion um which means that the film this film in, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker this would have been cheap boring and dull and I think even you can agree that this film was neither dull nor boring. Um, it was just a lot. Is that am I right in thinking? Um, I think well, it wasn't dull. 
I'll give you that. It was a bit too much that it it just for me it just it throws so much at you. It it just numbed you out. But there's a purpose to it, is what I'm trying to get at. Do do you see that there's a purpose behind it? Yeah, I see the purpose behind it. I just thought that that purpose might have been more transparent to begin with because it just it was for me it felt a bit quite chaotic and it didn't feel like it served its purpose that's what i was trying to say earlier where like it i understand the the, the sort of underlining message but i wish it had come a bit sooner so i can actually take it on board yeah. by the by the characters so it was it would have been more it would just stuck with me more if if it'd been sort of something like at the beginning but it comes it, i felt it came a bit too late where all this like roller coaster of of insanity had happened just it was a bit too like too much it, it was yeah yeah so i just yeah i just felt I, I had basically by the point that by the time that the the main point had arrived i had all but given up on 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 the whole saga because there's like the whole journey of of the, of the, the girl with her friend getting to yeah win the day so so to speak for me i kind of had the opposite effect on me like it was just a, it was just a constant build up build up build up and, and for 90 minutes until you get that final fight sequence slash massive brawl um yeah which for some reason has a tank um like the whole movie kind of builds up to that point you have like these little memorable sequences in the film um and some of the songs are quite you know quite catchy but it all it's all just a build-up it's it builds up to this extraordinary crescendo like it just it just hypes you up or hypes me up anyway like the fight scenes they they get a bit more impressive there's more craft in them um they end up homaging certain things and you end up kind of catching on to that if you're able to so like samurai films wuxia anime you know there's some jackie chan in there like like you said, it's so it's like so deep and and opulent, you know, with these references that you know it it is a lot. It is a lot to take in, um, and the, you know the final brawl kind of is like this build up to that point. It's like it takes on what's come before as this you know explosion of violence, as it were. Um, there's, I mean, one thing, one specific thing I kind of wanted to point it out, point out, which kind of sums up. Um, what I think about what Sion Sony did at the film was that there was a beatboxing waitress. I don't know if you caught her, um, called Cyborg Karori. So she comes in and kind of beatboxes her around her way around these bosses, um, in the sequence, you know, serving out tea. And if my opinion, she steals the entire movie, you know, she's the best, it's the best character in the film. Um, and you could argue that the film kind of never actually really recovers from her appearance. Um, but I think her appearance pretty much sums up the movie because she is there because Sean Sonu thinks that it's cool and it fits within the world that he has created, which kind of sums up the film. Like he's got all these things in because he thinks it's cool and because it fits into the world that he wants to create. Um, I don't disagree with that. I Yeah. He's created a world, all right. Yeah. Um, a world in which... If you're rich enough, you can have people sing to you, sing at you, and praise you while you eat, or 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 you play with your dodo. 
Yeah, that was. Um, I I totally forgot about that. Um, or two human fingers, whatever you want, you know, whatever those two boats. It is. I just felt a bit, a bit, no. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, Tokyo Tribe is. It is exhausting. It's schlocky. That's it's lunacy word. on screen. But for me, it, it has charm because it tries so hard. Um, there is hyper-masculinity come out of his eyeballs. There's horrific objectification of women. There's misogyny. There's needless violence. A dash of casual racism. Um, but yeah. for me, Sonsono knows that this is the point of the film knows he's not in there as a satire it's not in there as because he actually believes these things it's in there because that's the point as what he's what he wants to put in this film and after i've said all that i think you'll notice that i've never actually said that any point during this that i said that tokyo tribe was a good film no it's um, not i i've no but i'm I just saying like i have i have never said it's a good film I've never said it's a masterpiece. No, but you like it. For me, like, those titles of a good film and a masterpiece for Sion Sono belong to, like, his 2008 film Love Exposure, which is all about Catholic guilt and upskirt photography. It's about three and a half hours long. Or uh, the 2014 film he did called Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is this kind of homage to 35mm filmmaking. Um... So like I don't think this is a good film. However, I can I do almost love almost every minute of it. And when I got to the end with that final song, I was I was on board. Um, and you know I had a smile on my face during the last final brawl. Um, it's kind of got this infectious quality to it, at least to me. Um, I was brought in by its schlockiness, and I never. I understand that it's exhausting for some people and for me it did get to a point of this is exhausting but it, it does pay off um, and I think that's where for me it has its charm and one of the reasons why I like show I want to show it to people because it is something we would never get this film in the UK or in, in, Amer in America like this would never ever get made as you know with this big of a budget with this big of a vision in the current cinematic market in the uk and in, in america in my opinion this is only something that could come out of japan um and which is which is great in my opinion and i i really look okay. forward to getting the chance to show you more films from from japan like contemporary japan and there was a shake of the head there. <laughs> it's like, please no. <laughs> well, let's just take it easy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take a break. I mean, I, I, Sean Sono is an exhausting filmmaker, and it's not just him. Yeah. You got Takeshi Miike, um, Shinya Sukimoto, and there's uh, tons of anime directors that are doing work, which is like beyond anything that any of the current animation maybe apart from Laika and and uh and some Pixar films are kind of getting close to so in my opinion at least um, I'll tell you what as soon as I'm done with watching all Akira Kurosawa films and twice over I'll give I'll give him another go 
Sion Sono another go. Yeah. Okay. In that time though, we still got Takeshi Miike, so I'll throw audition yeah. or Ichi the Killer or Happiness of the Katakuris at you and, and see what happens. Which is another yeah. musical, by the way, but we won't go cool. into that. <laughs> so we um we go from one gangland uh musical to another. Um West Side Story. Yeah. West Side Story. Um, I'll give you uh, a synopsis of West Side Story to begin with, and then we can start talking about how much of a classic it is. And I've, I'm pretty sure all our listeners must have at least seen at least one or two scenes from it, because it is quite iconic. So, in the slums of the Upper West Side of Manhattan, New York, a gang of Polish-American teenagers called the Jets compete with a rival gang of recently immigrated Puerto Ricans, the Sharks, to own the neighborhood streets. Tensions are high between the gangs, but two kids, one from each rival gang, fall in love, leading to tragedy. What does that sound like to you? Oh, it, sounds, I mean, it sounds a bit like a Shakespearean play that came out. Well, hello! It is obviously like Romeo and Juliet with... <laughs> With rival gang, I mean the rival gangs were there in Romeo and Juliet anyway, so it's like a musical Romeo and Juliet basically. I have some uh, thoughts so, on on that. So comparison. we're going back. We're going. We're kind of going back with the idea of because you know Baz Luhrmann did Romeo and Juliet and he did much better job on it than um, Robert Wise with um, West Side Story. In my opinion, uh, like I said before, I'm not a big fan of musicals and I chose this film because from what you told me of Tokyo Tribe, it was the one that fitted with it the most. Um, but yeah, I I was, yeah, I wasn't actually very, very keen on, on seeing this because it's a very long film. It's got intermission. It's got four minutes of song right at the beginning. Um, and I f later found out that it is the most awarded musical in the history of cinema apparently it won about 10 oscars yes um and i think uh, rita marina won an oscar she's got George... um she's got an egot uh for she's got an egot yes. emmy grammy oscar tony yes yes she does and greek uh george chakiris won an oscar as well for his portrayal of bernardo um so my thoughts on this film um it was it's a classic um everyone has something about it that they like i think i really like the choreography and the cinematography um it's got color a lot of color and yeah it's it's of its era i believe um uh, yeah the, the singing was a bit hit and miss i thought um, but I have, I, I, I love the dancing. The story is a classic story of Romeo and Juliet, um, boy from, um, a boy and girl from different backgrounds and different gangs, and they're not supposed to fall in love, but they do. So, um, and then tension, tension and tragedy ensues. Um, it was based on a stage musical, I believe, and some of the songs were changed due to censorship. So um, some of the songs in the stage musical were much more graphic and, and explicit than what we saw in this film. 
um, especially the number, I, I think my favorite song, uh, singing number was America. And apparently in, in the stage uh, version, it was much more demeaning towards Puerto Ricans, whereas in this one was a bit more uh, tame. Um, I thought Rita Moreno stole every scene she was in. I thought she was very underrated. Uh, people should worship her more than they do. I thought she was brilliant and she was very deserving of that Oscar. Totally agree. Uh, totally, totally on the agree. O- on the other spectrum, I thought I felt that Natalie Wood was miscast. Um, not to take anything away from Natalie Wood, she's brilliant. She's, she's gorgeous. She's not, Puerto, she's not Puerto Rican for a start. <laughs> she's not. That's one, of the, that's one of those things I was like, why? Because she's American-Russian, so she's, her family are Russian. I don't think she was born in Russia, but she speaks Russian. She spoke Russian fluently. So she's American-Russian, and her, the, the man who plays her brother is Greek. Okay, so they both had to wear makeup, t- like blackface. Brown face? To, to look put. Well, it was kind of a blackface. Brown face, okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, look... it's not, not quite not quite blackface, but it's like, it's, it's almost as though they kind of got them to kind of play around in the dirt and not have a shower for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, the, the whole concept of playing someone you don't... You are not. Like, doning a, a, a darker shade of, of skin just because you want to be in something. I just felt it was a bit demeaning and it was a bit racist because they could have found... Just like they found Rita Moreno, who was Puerto Rican, they could have found other main characters to play those characters, other main actors to play those characters. But it's the 60s, so anything goes, you know. It's it's the 60s, so, I mean, civil rights were still just happening. So, yeah. Um, the, it, the interesting thing was that um, even because they had to wear the makeup, even, uh, even Rita Moreno had to put another shade of a of, of foundation to look like them, which was fine, kind of strange. Um, yeah, uh, what else can I say about this film? It's very long. Um, but, and it, it's kind of, spoiler alert, it's kind of d- d- uh, changed from uh, the usual tragedy where both lovers die at the end. Um, in this version, only one dies, unfortunately. They probably should have both died. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I think, I think it kind of missed, missed the point of going, of not going full tragedy at the end. Yes. Yeah. But now, I mean, the whole idea was that they love each other so much that they, they couldn't live without each other and they had to die, both of them. But now, what's going to happen to, to Maria if Tony dies? You know, she can she live and she finds another. It, it's not as romantic if just one of them dies. Plus, it's a bit weird as well. I mean, like with at the end of Romeo and Juliet, she drinks the poison because she thinks that he's dead, and that's where the tragedy is. Is is there? Like, yes. No, no. I need to get that right. I need to get that right. He drinks the poison because he thinks that she's dead. She's dead. And then she, she sees wakes. him die and realizes that. 
she he had been mistaken so then she drinks the poison whereas here she sees him get shot but then if she were to take the gun and shoot herself like it that wouldn't it wouldn't have had the same kind of tragic impact as the original story in my opinion at least like it would have been really grim like and really dark if natalie would have just taken the gun off of chino and just blasted her brains out in the playground i mean but you're not going to get that in a 1960s musical no of course not no, that's the whole... <laughs> i think she would have she should have probably done that yeah it would have been it would have, i think it would have made, it made for a more interesting film that would so have been my that of... would have been my notes if if I'd had seen an early cut of this film I would have written down Wood should kill herself and then literally that would have been my notes for for the for the filmmakers for this. So what did you think of the film? What what are your notes on this film? There's a lot of red, um, which I suppose is the point because there's a lot of heat. It feels hot. It's simmering um which yeah. you know it, i suppose it's the point isn't it um it is very dynamic propulsive like at times the the film feels like it is on a stage um but kind of in a good way not in a bad way um like every camera move you know is, is planned almost yeah. to perfection like the editing and the blocking of the performers feels so well choreographed and fluid um it certainly for me i mean it it doesn't like the first 10 15 minutes i haven't seen a film like it before i mean that there was just i hadn't seen an entrance like that to a film before with with the jets and the sharks kind of skirmishing and dancing around on the streets but it was done in a um it wasn't cheesy if that makes any sense it was no i agree it was it was it pulled you in from the from the start i exactly, thought exactly yeah and and to see those guys being macho but but doing ballet routines was quite i i thought it was quite fun yeah it was it was i hadn't yeah i mean you 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 it could quite have easily gone into like camp almost campiness um but yeah. it, it didn't it didn't there was a uh, like you know it was very it was very masculine as it were if that makes any sense um so trying i'm trying to stay positive but it's really difficult um i i i do like musicals my favorite film is in fact a musical um all that jazz um by bob fosse Cabaret is up there as one of my favourite films. Again, a, a Bob Fosse joint. I suppose I like my musicals with a bit of darkness in them. Um, but then, you know, Singing in the Rain is a classic. Um, so, yeah, I I do, I do kind of like musicals. This... Some of the songs were totally lost me, I'm, if I'm being honest. Um... I wasn't bought I wasn't pulled in by the story. Um like Natalie Wood and Richard Bamer, um, as Maria and Tony, you know, never felt that there was any romance between the actors. I spoke last week how between Cagney and Pat O'Brien that if you never felt that friendship then it wouldn't have worked between Connolly and Rocky. Here I never felt the romance between Maria and Tony, which 
is really odd. I mean, like Natalie Wood, she has 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 a spark about her, and and Bama has these boyishly good looks, um, <laughs> which to us kept making me think of uh, Ansel Agor, um, which is quite interesting, seeing as he's playing him in the remake coming out. Um, but it didn't feel like there was a spark. Um, like... No, I thought they were both miscast. I thought they, they they had very little chemistry between them. It was like I mean, the, the, it was quite the, unfortunate. Yeah, the spark, however, was between Bernardo and Anita. Um, yeah, I mean, those two were br- brilliant. Yeah, um, like if if you were going to have a film with star-crossed lovers, and there has to be more than there, more there than just good looks. I mean, I'm just going to refer to DiCaprio and Claire Danes in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Like, can we talk about how good that film is instead? I mean, arguably we can. Yeah, we could. I suppose we could. <laughs> so basically... We need to talk about West Side Story. Um, like, the love story is, like, we talk about how the love story is so influenced by Romeo and Juliet, and it's kind of the point, but it doesn't really go into full tragedy. Um, and like I said with the casting, it just didn't feel right. However, like we've said, like Rita Marino, she steals every single moment that she's in. When she's on the dance floor, I was like absolutely transfixed by her every single movement. It was she's, she's on fire. She's utterly brilliant. Utterly brilliant. Um, when when Riff and Bernardo die, um, I mean these aren't spoilers because it's a sixty-year-old film. When they die, the film it kind of loses its way. Like, there's no yeah. order or there's no spearheaded for the gangs to fall behind. We're talking narratively That's now. True. Um, Like, the yeah. sharks, for example, they end up cowering away until the final scene. And even then, only Chino really does anything about it. Whereas the Jets kind of... The Jets want retribution and action. But there's, like... Riff and Bernardo made those gangs what they were if it wasn't it yeah. makes any sense yeah. um yeah and then when yeah they kind of feel like lost sheep without their shepherds exactly exactly i mean maybe that was the point but like like tony was just a bit of a wet blanket he was wasn't he i never thought i'm like well you have this gorgeous girl but he's not that great i don't think i mean yeah you say he was he was boyish charms and all that but it just like it didn't work for me no no um, I mean, we, I I do want to talk a little bit about the Spielberg adaptation that's coming out later this year, but it's one of the things I'll, I'll talk about. Um, I found uh, Pauline Kael's review of the film. Um, she hated <laughs> I it. I think I read. The, yeah, I think I yeah. read it too, and I was like, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, she, she she said that the movie was a frenzied hokum. The dialogue was painfully old-fashioned and mawkish. The dancing was simpering, sickly romantic ballet, and the machine tool Natalie Wood was so perfectly banal she destroys all thoughts of love. Uh, I mean, Pauline Kael really knows. She really knew what to say. <laughs> well, she did. She, she really did, did. Absolutely. And to be fair, she. I mean, if 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 the if the dialogue was old fashioned then. Now, like sixty years later, almost, it's just it's just too cringe for words. I do have another positive. I think um, the song "America" is the best song of the film. Yeah, that's um, what I say. Yeah, like the lyrics are all about what it means to be an American. Like the Puerto Ricans and the, like 
the the men in the in the group you know they're knowing that they won't ever get the chances that a white person would whereas the, the woman kind of dream of a better life um yeah, like yeah. the women very much dream of better this better romanticized american life that they were promised um mm. but then like it does very something very interesting where it sets up what the women feel um especially with anita kind of taking the lead in that point but then later on in the film when the jets when they harass anita you know that kind of signals the death of tony because you know she wouldn't have turned around and said tony's dead if no maria's dead you know if you know if, you know what i mean like it kind of signaled the end of tony and it kind yeah. of you know they brought it upon themselves as it were um which was quite one of the things that quite interesting was that like riff and tony started the gang of the jets and bernardo started the gang of the sharks whereas at one point they say that they can't really recall how gang life got started yeah i don't think there's there's a bit of like in, yeah there's 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 some sort of continuity errors throughout like it, um, it was always meant to be there and i just yeah. I, I was not convinced yeah. by that um the the bet the the example an example of a film which does this but in better both uh two films actually both by francis ford coppola in the 80s uh, one after the other so the outsiders and rumble fish um both films i mean rumble fish is a bit more artsy but both films deal with like youths in in gangland gang culture in the 50s but they do mm -hmm. it in there's there, there's it's a lot more like for me in those two films i felt a lot more connected to the gang i was a lot more empathetic towards them and i felt the tragedy when it hit them in, in both of these films whereas in west side story i, d I didn't um no. like i said i felt I a agree. loss i felt a loss when bernardo and riff died but that's more in a narrative sense than a fact of oh you know oh no you know what are the characters gonna do next i, I just didn't <laughs> i do agree with you on that one to be fair i think what i would have been I kind of would have wanted to see more of was like the love story between Bernardo and, and Anita rather than Maria and Tony. I thought that had a bit more potential to be more dramatic and to be more, it's like chemistry there than, than Maria and Tony. Um, and it would have, I think if we had seen more, more on screen, more really like more of them, we would have been even probably sadder if it went when Ronaldo would die. I mean, what was the name of um, Riff's girl? Oh, the redhead. I yeah. can't remember. So, like the the film kind of missed something there because we saw how the death of Bernardo affected Re Anita, but apart yes. from one particular scene with the you know the stay cool scene, we don't really see how it's affected Riff's girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like it almost seems as though the film is kind of weighted towards one way in that respect and it kind of i think it missed i missed a point because it could have done something really interesting between those two characters maybe saying something a little bit different in terms of like what tragedy does to these you know women who have been affected by it almost kind of predicting what might happen to maria um yeah but it, it just doesn't go there um so i don't know like i don't know if this is something because this is another adaptation of the, the musical so i don't know if this is like something that's in the musical i don't know if if you do know please let us know 
um, <laughs> if you've seen the musical. Um, speaking of the musical, um, like I said, I've alluded to it a couple of times. So Spielberg, Steven Spielberg is doing an adaptation. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not saying a remake because he's come out and said that it's not a remake of the '61 film. It's more of an adaptation to the musical. Um, he has to cast the stage musical. Yeah, to the stage musical. He has cast uh, people of either Puerto Rican origin, Dominican, you know, Dominican origin. Actually, people that have got ethnic backgrounds for the for the roles of the sharks. That would um, be an improvement. <laughs> and yeah, Rita Moreno is in it. Um, she is apparently playing the widow of Doc. So whereas in the, the in our 1961 film, you know, Doc was the the head of the you know he owned the store. In this new yes. film, um, Rita Moreno is playing a new character. So she's the widow of Doc. So she's taking on that role now. Um, from what I've seen of stills, the characters look right. The costumes look right, and we know that Spielberg can block a scene. I mean, you know, he, the way he moves the camera. I mean, you can kind of say that his post two thousand work, some of it has a little bit been lacking. I'm, I'm a big critic of a big, big critic of Ready Player One, but um, he knows how to move a camera better than most. Um, better than anybody actually I, I'm not going to do him a disservice there so it would be really interesting to see what he does with this film um, I wasn't initially going to go see West Side Story on the big screen um, but now that I've seen this I'm definitely going to get my ticket for that I don't know if you have any thoughts on Spielberg adapting the story um, um, I think the jury's I, I don't know I'm not a big fan of adaptations to be fair but I would I <sighs> I'd be I'd be curious to see it I, I suppose. Um I'd be curious to see it. What I would like to see probably would be a, a a stage version of it. I think that would be more interesting to see. I think it is still around. Like I know there are versions of this musical still going around. I did, when I did some desk research I did find out there was a recent one um which came out like a couple of years ago which is apparently a lot darker. Um mm. so it'll be really interesting to read a little bit more into that um so one i mean one other thing i just got to add which i don't think you know and i'm going to add it into the show notes is that michael bay loves this film i know i know i actually read about it and i'm like whoa i, I was going to mention it but it just slipped my mind so thank you for for rem rem remembering do you have any <laughs> thoughts on the fact that michael bay loves this film no comment <laughs> I, it for me it kind of shows i mean he's you you yeah i've 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 done a lot of work on michael bay and and can kind of see a lot of west side story in his work which is a really odd sentence um but there's a new york times article which i'm going to link to in the show notes where he watches west side story with the journalist in the new york times uh just before he wraps up pearl harbor um in 2001 so that's a really interesting read um okay and he actually has some like deeper thoughts than he thought he would have um put it that way very interesting, interesting. it is so Ooh. we're all done on west side story in tokyo tribe i believe so what have you got on for next week tell us nick 
so we've gone from silent comedy, slapstick comedy, through to crime films, to musicals this week. Uh, next week we're going to be doing war. So we'll be talking about The Big Parade, uh, 1925 silent war drama um, from King Vidor. And 1997. Sorry? With John Gilbert. John Gilbert. Um, yes. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, so that's. <gasps> yeah, I know. Take a deep breath. Um, <laughs> um, we'll be looking at Big Parade with 1997's Paul Verhoeven sci fi masterpiece, Starship Troopers. Um, which. Okay. Ha- you, have, you, have you seen any Paul Verhoeven films? I, I might have. Robocop, Total Recall, Total Recall, Showgirls. I saw, I saw, I saw Total Recall. The Schwarzenegger one. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the Schwarzenegger Total Yeah. Well, we could talk about Paul Verhoeven next week. Um, I'm very excited about what you think about Starship Troopers, and I'm honestly very, very excited about the Big Parade. Um, King Vidor is somebody that I've done a it's kind of popped up on my reading a lot and it'll be really interesting to actually finally see a film of his and you're a bit of an expert on king vidor aren't you not really no i'm not um i just like i just like him and john gilbert i like silent films okay i was i was, go- I was trying to flatter you for a minute but that clearly didn't work thank you but no <laughs> uh, i'm not i'm not an expert on i'm not an expert on king vidor not at all um, but, but you I know, will try to be by. I will try to be by next week. <laughs> you'll be trying to be next. You you know more than me anyway. So cool. So yeah, um, that's all from this for this week. Um, Danny, where can we find you on the internet? So you can find me online at uh, on Twitter at Kino um, Joan, and uh, my website is kinojoan.co.uk. You can find me on Twitter at Nick S. Chandler and on my website, superatomovision.com. Um, email us, please email us at kinotomic at gmail.com. You know, with any general feedback that you have, any suggestions of films, any corrections, any rants, anything at all, just, just pop us an email. Um, We're looking forward to the rants. Yes, yes. If, if, we, if, you've, if you listen to this episode, for example, and thought, oh, yes, I'm going to watch Tokyo Tribe, and feel the need to, to berate me for it, please go ahead. I'd love to read it. Um, cool. <laughs> rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, whatever you're listening on. We're, we're on every podcast network now, so um, please rate us and su- review us and subscribe, obviously. Um, so thank you very much for listening. That's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me too. Thank you.